I can enjoy it. Backstage the other night, I'm back in Perth, Ontario, for another summer stock contract, doing Shaw's Arms and the Man. Another actor asked me if I had any suggestions as to how best ride his newly rented bicycle out to his billets after a night show. He's staying a ways outside of town, and the road isn't especially busy, but is just two lanes and unlit. Drinking and driving, we have heard from several locals is a kind of sport here, and my two roommates and I, combined age 142, suggested that a night ride under these conditions is not advisable. He locked the bike up at the theater and got a ride home. I, on the other hand, hopped on the bike I borrowed from my own kind billet after spraining my ankle on a recent run and headed home, sans light or helmet. I didn't expect to need a bike out here and didn't bring these things with me. I also don't expect to use the bike so often as to want to buy these things anew. But yes, I know. It's a ten-minute ride, and unlike the two-lane blacktop out of Perth, I ride through the town proper with a lot of stop signs to keep the traffic flow in check. But still... There's a lot of lush foliage on these old streets, and on some blocks there are no streetlights at all. So not only does that essentially render me invisible, it makes it impossible for me to see the detail of the street at times. One pothole. It was still warm and humid when I left the theater after 10 p.m., but the breeze on the bike was a welcome change after two shows spent in 19th century military-style costumes. The streets were quiet, and the ride, a beautiful blue-and-white six-speed Schwinn cruiser, was smooth. Still, I was moving slowly and hyper-aware of any cars or trucks out on the road. This was the cautious riding of a 48-year-old man still healing a bum leg, unwilling to visit the ER again any time soon. Thirty years ago, it would have been a different story. Now, Saint-Jean is an older town than Perth, but where I grew up, was the part of town built up after the Second War, a suburban model with wide boulevards, all brightly lit. Land out there must have been so cheap then for them to be so cavalier with the planning. Our street really was a boulevard, two lanes divided by the grassy medians that also featured maple trees and street lamps all along them. We lived at the farthest edge of a 60s development, one house away from the aptly named Boulevard Industriel the thoroughfare hemming us in with semis and factories and empty-for-now fields and plots of land. In the 70s and 80s, though, I wouldn't have thought twice about biking those streets without a light or a helmet. I didn't know anyone who had either. Riding home from the theater in Perth, I started humming Springsteen's Born to Run, because it was on a similar night in the early summer of 87 that the song started to make any real sense to me. I would get my first car later that summer, but this was the tail end of my bicycling days in Saint-Jean. 
I hadn't yet found the garment dye house night shift job that would be my steady summer gig for three years, and I didn't know that I'd end up studying theater in September. I had been playing music in my buddy Roy's basement, which at least offered a glimpse of something hopeful, some kind of creative outlet. Oh, but I was drifting, all right. I rode the streets, not wanting to be home, hungry to run into someone my age with whom I might connect, but block after block of tidy green boulevards turned up no one at all. I passed the baseball diamond, scene of formative humiliations, and passed empty parks, houses with lights on, but nothing I could define as life. Eventually I got to my pal Steve's house. I let my bike drop to the lawn and headed up his driveway. His parents were out of town, and he was entertaining some friends from the South Shore. I don't recall much about that, except they seemed an annoying lot overall. I can likely chalk that up to feeling awkward in a room filled with strangers. One girl there, Tracy, I would run into again at a bar in Montreal the next year, but my night shift job would complicate the social life, so that's all you need to know about that. I didn't stick around long at Steve's. I hopped on my bike and kept on riding. That's when I heard Born to Run. Really hurt. I had a cheap AM-FM Walkman, and it could occasionally get a decent signal from the rock station in Montreal. It was staticky and waved in and out, and I know it's the ultimate car-driving song. There are very few references to 10 speeds in the Springsteen canon, but the production still held up as it came through my headphones. Of course it did. It's timeless. The song was only 10 or 11 years old at that point, and it made me work harder, standing on the pedals, leaning out over the bars like the hood ornament on a jaguar, zigging and zagging on fresh asphalt. I was rail thin, my hair to my shoulders now whipping all around me. Where is that kind of energy anymore? we got to get out while we're young. Together we could break this trap. I'm just a scared and lonely rider. Everybody's out on the run tonight, but there's no place left to hide. Conveniently, I'm ignoring the car references. Oh, and Wendy. I certainly had no Wendy. But the boulevards were well paved. The lights were constant and spaced out ahead of me as far as I could see, no matter which road I looked down. It would be churlish to regret growing up in a well-lit, tidy little corner of the world, I think. But it was a place to leave. Not long after I moved to Toronto ten years ago, Steve came through town, something about a convention. He's a male nurse now, living in Alberta, saving kids' lives every day. We met downtown for a beer. When we had caught up on the past few years and what was happening now, I mentioned one of our favorite bands from back in 87, one that had been a big influence on me and my bass playing at the time, the Mighty Lemon Drops out of England. He didn't remember them. I couldn't believe it. Happy Head, my biggest thrill. The other side of you. Nope. So, I was that guy. The one rooted in the past, clinging on to memory, thinking every bit of cultural ephemera that meant anything had to be remembered and preserved, collected and catalogued, dusted off and brought out at moments like this. 
Oh, hi, welcome to my podcast. But that kind of thing only works when you're with the like-minded. More often than not, you're with someone who, you know, learned to move on with their life and jettison the unnecessary bits you deemed so important. For whatever reason, for the great majority of people you have ever known, you are likely part of that heap. The importance of being now becomes clear. The people in your life today are the ones on which you need to focus. There's no returning to what once was. That seems counter to many of the things I talk about here as I spend a lot of time ruminating on the past, but the point isn't to live there again. It's to learn something from where we've been with an eye on doing better as we move forward. And sometimes moving forward on two wheels is good. Pretty Much, Episode 61, A Scared and Lonely Rider. Written and read by Scott Clarkson. Music by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and Garner Firebird. <laughs>